Thanks for listening to this week's Hope at Crossroads. We are glad you're taking the time to listen. As you tune in today, if you need encouragement or prayer, please reach out to us by texting 864-288-1626. Or you can connect with us through our website, hopeatcrossroads.org. Spread the word to your friends and let them know they can subscribe at Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. And now, here's this week's message. Hey, I'm Kayla, and I'm the children's pastor here at Crossroads. We believe that each child was made on purpose for a purpose, and that's something we take very seriously here. Each child is split up into their small groups where they learn about Jesus on their level. Even in the nursery, they learn that their needs are being met and they're being heard. 2023 will be a great year for us. We are going to be living out the Great Commission, which is to make disciples. This summer, our VBS, we will have the privilege of ministering to over 100 children in our community. That week is going to be so much fun and so great for them as we get to pour into not only their lives, but their families' lives and to really shine the light of Jesus on them. We'll also be taking more kids than ever to our Student Life for Kids camp in um, Presbyterian College, and that is such a fun week for second through fifth graders and the volunteers get to pour into them to really make those bonds that are everlasting. And I can tell you the kids are already counting down for it. This summer will be such a transition for us. This whole year will be. We have so many kids moving into that fourth and fifth grade um, small group, so that will be our preteens. And our job as um, pastors and volunteers is to prepare those kids to go to youth group, to own their own faith, that it's not their parents' faith anymore, that it's something they can take ownership of. They can read their Bible. They can do their quiet time. They can do devotions. They can share about Jesus to their friends. All these things, we're going to be equipping them to be able to move into middle school and to high school. 2023 will also bring us many babies which is such a perk of my job as I get to snuggle these little newborns and just give those mamas the satisfaction that they made the right choice, the kids are fine, they're safe, we get to love on them, mama gets a break, and that we can really impact those families. 2023 surely will be the best year yet. morning, Crossroads. It's good to see you. Uh, If you're visiting with us this morning, I want to encourage you to stop by the back table and grab a gift bag. And uh, Kayla kind of is getting us going this morning for a special day in the life of our church. Uh, Today is Vision Sunday. And uh, you may uh, wonder, seems like every Sunday is special and different. Um, (laughs) Maybe that's just uh, the way that I see it. Every Sunday is special and different. Uh, but today, as we think about where God is leading us in the future of our church, uh, I was thinking about as I came in this morning, just a few weeks ago, when we talked about uh, serving and how Jesus modeled serving and supporting and sheltering, which is the purpose of our church, to make disciples who serve, shelter, and support the transforming work of Christ. And so we want to kind of give you a a highlight today of where we feel like God is leading our church over this next year. And I'll be honest with you, as I am every week, uh, as I thought about this Sunday, I was a little nervous um, because it's hard to communicate in a short amount of time, an hour, okay, hour and 10, okay, hour and 20 minutes. Uh, We'll try to do an hour, I promise. Uh, Before small groups, all that God is doing in the life of our church And you know I've said this to you several times, and I say it several times, one, because I believe it, and two, because I need to hear it myself and be reminded. But church family, we are reaping the fruit of what generations before prayed for. What will generations from now be reaping the fruit of? It is dependent on how we pray and how we live and how we say yes to Jesus. I was doing some research this week about vision. And I was looking around it to see what other churches are praying for and what they're doing. And I came across one church. I'm not going to tell you uh, the name of this church. It's not in our area. But what they did on their particular uh, kickoff for their vision, they took a survey of their church family. 
And when they did this survey, here's what they have. Now, this is on their church website, by the way. And here's what it says. According to our church assessment survey that we have conducted, 69% of our members are clearly satisfied with the way things are going in the church as compared to 1% who are dissatisfied. That is the way that this particular church judges whether or not they're accomplishing the vision of God. That is scary. I, I want us all to be satisfied with what God's doing in our church, but to determine God's plan for our church is not determined in itself by taking a survey and depending on how many people are satisfied. Again, I won't tell you where this churches. I saw a lot of interesting things when I was surfing around on the internet just to see what other churches are doing. And I, I will be honest with you, I got extremely grateful with you and what God is doing in the life of our church over the last few years. Uh, I, I want to say thank you and uh, commend you. The Bible tells us where there is no vision, the people perish. You've heard that verse before, and I started thinking about vision. Vision uh, gives pain a purpose. If you're an athlete and you're out on the field and you have goals, or you're a uh, musician, or you're in academics, or you're in the workplace, wherever you are, vision helps us uh, go to the next level. Vision uh, helps us not take the easy road. And those people that I know in, in uh, my life or have come across my life uh, without vision, spend their lives, uh, a lot of them that I have met, and you probably can testify to this that you've met, who have kind of taken the path of least resistance. Um, a lot of reasons for that. Sometimes it's to avoid discomfort. Uh, but a lot of times you take the path of least, least resistance, and it doesn't really lead you to where God wants you to go. I came across this quote, too, this week. The level of sacrifice that a vision requires will determine the size of people who follow. Let me read that again. The level of sacrifice a vision requires will determine the size of the people that follow. And quite honestly, if you're visiting here today and you're looking for a church home, we want to welcome you. Uh, we, we are short a few people in our congregation than we had a year ago. I don't know the reasons. I've tried to find out the reasons from some of those people that we are short uh, who aren't here. Maybe it's because of COVID still. They have it plugged back in. I don't, I don't know. You don't, you know, pastors don't have that gift of mind reading, though some people think that we do, we do not. But I think maybe some of them are not plugged back in with what uh, our church family is doing because of the level of sacrifice that is going to be required for us to accomplish the vision that God has called us Two. Somebody said sacrifice separates the small from the from the great. That that verse, pop it up there, if you will, Jason, where there is no vision, the people perish. Some translations say this, where is there? There is no vision. The people are unrestrained. And what that means is it means without a vision, everyone is running in their own direction of what they think the vision is. So we have to be, as a church family, united on God's vision. What is God's vision? As you have shared with me over the last three years, it's in our statement that you see at the bottom of the screen there, making disciples who serve, shelter, and support the transforming work of Christ. Vision is the lens that we look through as God's people. It's the way we interpret our life, the way we make decisions, it requires faith. There's a difference between what I see uh, and what drives me in my head and what drives me in my heart, what I hear God saying to me. I love this. True godly vision consists of foresight, insight, and oversight. Now, that's not original. I read that this week in a book that I am reading. And foresight is kind of like looking through a uh, telescope. It allows us to look ahead and kind of see what may be coming in the future. Insight is like looking through a microscope. It's like looking at the minute details that help us get to where God is calling us. I am thankful there are people in this church, you're going to hear from one in just a minute, who helps us with insight. 
Our stewardship team helps us with insight. I'm so glad they're here because that is not my gift. To look at the details of things to help us accomplish where God wants us to go. And insight is important. It's having the correct perception of, of how things are going. And I'm going to tell you one of the vision things that we're implementing for this year in our church is going to help us make sure our insight is not correct, or it is correct, and we're not just basing things on, on how we feel, but actual true information. It's that insight that fuels our heart to pursue God's vision. Oversight is like flying over a house in a helicopter. Oversight puts everything in context with what we're trying to accomplish. And we have to have all those things, foresight, insight, and oversight, to be able to see what God's vision is, a vision from the Lord. We Last week, as we kicked off our new year, uh, we looked at a verse where Paul said this in Philippians chapter 3. I think we'll put it on the screen for you, too, if you were here last week. Great verse to kick off the new year. He says this, brothers and sisters, I don't regard myself as having taken hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That is Paul demonstrating what vision is. I remember when Lynette and I found out that we were uh, expecting. And I know I love what Kayla said here. I know that I just love the fact that there are three, at least three families in our church who believe in church growth so much that they're doing their part by bringing new babies. Praise the Lord. We need some more of you with that kind of enthusiasm and passion for church growth. Uh, and uh, I know that those three families are fantastic. They're thinking and anticipating, too, about this baby. When we thought 23-plus years ago about this new person coming into our house, we had to make adjustments. I mean, some of the adjustments, you know, were kind of crazy because, you know, when I was uh, born, they didn't have these adjustments. You just, you know, you didn't have to worry about covering up receptacles with those little things that you push into receptacles. You know, my mom and dad would just give us toys that we actually could go over and play with the receptacles. Back when I was growing up, that wasn't a big deal. But there are things you do to prepare for somebody else coming in and our families who are expecting new ones know what I'm talking about. We would cover up the sharp corners. You know, we had that foam cover almost on everything. It felt like we were walking around the house with bubble suits on just to make sure our little babies would not get hurt. And here's the reality. We have new people who are coming in to our church family. And there's adjustments. There's things we're going to have to do to make room for the people that God is sending us. And it's a very exciting thing. As a matter of fact, we have decided over a year ago as a church family to start making room. And uh, as a result of that, our Building Faith team got put together. And uh, Ronnie Gillespie is the chairperson of that team. I'm going to ask him to come up and kind of give you an update on how things are going because uh, God is on the move. And what's great about how God does things is His timing is always perfect. Not too late, not too early but right on time. So give your attention, if you would, to Ronnie as he shares an update with us this morning. Thank you, brother. Small update, not, not a lot of stuff, but I just wanted to kind of add to what Jack said. You know, we are, uh, God gives us a vision, and that's the key thing God gives us. God invites us. Uh, we don't make our plans and then ask God to bless them. That's doing it backwards, Okay. So anything that we do here at the church, we're, you know, the most important thing is prayer. And, you know, part of that, again, you know, Jack kind of stole what I, one of the things I'm going to say is God's timing. You know, we've been wanting to start this new building, this new parking lot that will actually begin first. And we thought we were going to start it the first week in January. Now, I don't know about y'all, but it rained a lot last week at my house. So if we would have started the first week in January, the neighbors probably would not have been happy because they'd have probably got a lot of mud. So it's God's timing. So we question what well, we needed to start last week. But if we're going to pray, which I'm going to ask you all to do for two things, if we're going to pray and ask him for his guidance, then we accept his guidance as what it needs to be. And so the update of what we've got, as of right now, weather pending, 
Uh, we will begin starting to move dirt January the 16th, which is the week from Monday. Again, that's what I'm asking y'all to pray for. Ask that that's God's will. And if it's not, then he'll do it in his timing. The other thing that you need to pray for, and just as important, is there's a meeting this Wednesday, this Wednesday with the Department of Transportation and the construction crew. In that meeting, uh, we will be discussing selling our dirt. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't sound like a lot, okay? But we're moving a lot of dirt, and dirt can be valuable to the Department of Transportation. So again, that's just another way that God can provide is by selling our dirt. Believe it or not, dirt has value. So that's the two things I'm charging y'all to pray for this week. It's his timing in our construction beginning, and, and again, with the uh, with the dirt thing. That's that's kind of what I got as an update right now. So uh, uh, just just keep praying. Uh, God answers prayers, and and He He alone. Yeah, you know, He's a lot smarter than you and I. So uh, once we turn it over to Him, we accept what He what He provides. Okay, thanks. I'm so grateful for our our team. Actually, if you're on that. That team, the Building Faith team, will you just kind of stand up so we can recognize you? I dare start the list and I will forget somebody. I know Jared and Tripp and uh, Sonny. I know Christy Burnett's with our children. Uh, Vicki, I think that's everybody. And Ronnie, yes, thank, thank you and thank those guys if you would today. They have done a lot of work. Uh, yes. Uh, they have done a lot of work and had many, many, many meetings and if I can just encourage you, uh, church family, you know by now, we, we try to over-communicate. And that's why it's so very important that if you, if you miss a Sunday, you might miss some vital information. Uh, uh, you will be getting, as well as those that aren't here this morning, this week, probably by Tuesday, uh, everything we're going to share this morning in a letter and in an email. So we're doing our best to try to communicate uh, because things happen like uh, the DOT meeting and things like that that come up uh, during the week, which means in light of this new information, uh, next Sunday, uh, January the 15th, will be uh, Turn the Dirt Sunday. So after small groups next Sunday, Lord willing, Lord willing, uh, we will gather after small groups and we'll have uh, some of our folks uh, that will help us uh, turn some dirt with some shovels and celebrate what God is doing. So you don't want to miss uh, next Sunday. Also next Sunday is our Pledge Sunday. And uh, I want to say this, and you please feel free to grab us or any of the staff. Uh, church family, anytime you have questions, please, please grab us. It is challenging to make sure we try to answer every question again in the amount of time that we have on Sundays. I know we've had some new people join. About 28 folks join, I think, in the last year. Uh, and uh, maybe you're visiting today thinking about putting your roots down here at Crossroads and you're wondering, what, what is this Pledge Sunday thing? Uh, over a year ago, uh, I believe November of 2021, if I'm remembering correctly, and now we're in 2023. Hang on, hang on. The next four you know to be 2024. Uh, 2021 of November, our church family uh, committed and had a Pledge Sunday, and uh, many of you pledged over a three-year commitment of what you wanted to do toward our building program. Uh, next Sunday, there's two groups of people that will have an opportunity to jump on that train with us. Uh, maybe you weren't able to, for whatever reason, able to join us in your Crossroads family member. You can join us next Sunday. Uh, maybe you have joined in the last year and you were not at that pledge uh, service that we had a year, a little over a year ago. You can join next Sunday. So, uh, and you can you can pledge, promise, pray, faith, give, whatever term makes you feel comfortable. Uh, you can get on with God's vision financially however you want to do it, okay? However you want to do it. There's no concrete way. I've had some people ask me in the last uh, little bit, that when we did that pledge Sunday, do you need all that in? Does the church need all that in one year or two? However God tells you to do it. It's between you and the Lord, all right? Uh, preferably most of those pledges were made over uh, three years. I'm happy to tell you, uh, and this is information we've communicated before, but I want to say again, uh, $680,000 has been pledged, all right? 
And uh, we have collected over 220,000, which means we're about in, on track, one-third of the way along the way for those of us that made those uh, three-year commitments. That is, uh, that's exciting. By the way, over 261,000 has been given that was not pledged. So uh, if you want to get involved with that, you can. Uh, next Sunday, our hope uh, between next Sunday and January 29th, which is our fifth Sunday a special offering, our hope is uh, that we will uh, raise about $25,000 if you want to give toward your pledge amount and an additional uh, 100000 in new pledges. I know that's a lot of numbers. Here's the main thing, church family. Pray and ask God what He wants you to do. And then do it. Makes it, it makes it so easy when we do that. Just pray and say, Lord, what, what do you want me to do? Uh, and then do it. Next Sunday also, uh, Michael O'Brien will be here and will be taking up a special offering. Uh, his uh, fee is covered by some wonderful sponsors and will be taking up a special offering that 100% of that will go to our, to our building. As Ronnie mentioned, phase one is moving a lot of dirt. Uh, and we want to go from phase one right into phase two as quickly as possible, which will be putting our uh, children's building out here for our weekday and for our Sunday and Wednesday activities for our crossroads uh, children and reallocating all the space that our children currently use for adults to have space to meet. And I'm excited about, uh, excited about that. So uh, one of the things, one of the three things I wanted to share with you today, here's the first one. Uh, one of our goals and visions for the new year is to communicate with better clarity, consistency, and, and be clear in our communication. And so we have got, and uh, she's not in here, she's probably hiding, she may be with the children. Uh, no, she's not, she's hiding in the back, I won't, I won't point her out, but she's on this side in the very back. Uh, our friend Stephanie Atkins has been diligently working with some new software that the church has, which is going to put everything in our communication under one uh, umbrella. Now, if you're not tech savvy, that's okay. I'm semi-tech savvy. Let me just say what, this, what it's going to do. It is going to so simplify life for our church. It's going to make us so much more effective in our communication. Uh, it's going to be uh, wonderful. And uh, one of the things, just to give you an example, uh, that we have discovered just in the last week uh, of having all this information in one uh, platform, uh, we'll be able to have all of our emails that you receive. Some of you hope, how many of you get an email, weekly email from the church? Okay, fantastic. If you don't, we'll make sure you get added to that list. Uh, we'll have our texting platform. How many of you receive the church text? Okay, some of you, great, awesome. Uh, we'll be able to give online giving through this platform. We'll be able to register for events like our men's conference through this platform. Everything will be in this one platform. Right now we have about six different ways we're keeping up with that, which is why sometimes things fall through the cracks. Because your name might be in this system, but your email might not be in this system. So praise the Lord, we are so excited about that. One thing that we have discovered just in the last week with this software is something that your pastoral staff believed with all of our heart was true, but we didn't really have any data to prove it. So I want you to listen close. I know this sounds like just Charlie Brown school teacher stuff this morning, but this is really important. Uh, what we discovered was over the uh, before the holidays. Uh, some of you know, because we had graphs and things uh, we shared with you, our Sunday morning attendance for worship was 170, 160, 180, 170, 160. Depending on the month, it would kind of fluctuate like that. Here's what we discovered. After we have our small group and Sunday school information put into this new system and our class roles organized, we have over 255 people. This is currently in and out of our small groups, not counting our children. Let me say that again. 255 people currently in and out of our small groups on a monthly basis, not counting our children. Counting the children is probably 300 plus, which means this. If everyone in our church family actually showed up on the same Sunday, 
Wouldn't that be great? We would be not only out of room in this space, but we would be out of room. We already are out of room, but out of room for sure in our small group Sunday school classes. Those that are not here today will be here next week. And maybe you're here today and you might not be here next week. And people get sick and we have vacations and families. And so that's the rise and fall of attendance. But uh, all that to say, the 170, 180 that might be at church this Sunday might not be the same 170, 60, 80, 75 next Sunday. Those groups of people are a little bit different. You may go, well, I'm here every Sunday. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad you are. Boy, if we get everybody. Because uh, this is where we worship together and where we celebrate together. So praise God, and that's not to mention those that God is continuing to send to our church. That's not to mention those of you who are taking church growth as a personal responsibility and are helping birth babies. That's a great thing, too. So our church is growing. Church family, let me just say, we get in the service right there and celebrate, and I hope go home praising God for what he's doing by bringing people to our church. You probably, because this is not your role, but you probably don't have conversations with a lot of pastors in our area and in our state. I do. And even over this last week, I had to pray for a couple of my pastor buddies whose churches are struggling. And I wanted to show empathy and sympathy and say, well, so is ours. I could not say that. So I just said, I'll pray for you. So praise the Lord for what He is doing in our church. Praise the Lord. And one of those great families that has come to our church in just the last little bit is Bill and Joan Reiner, and we are so grateful for them. And I want him just to come up and share a little bit of what's on his heart uh, because it's people like this God is sending us to help us fulfill the vision uh, that God has called us to. And what an honor it is. Thank you, my friend, for sharing with us today. And easy, folks. <laughs> a couple weeks ago, I got an email from Pastor Jack. Before I opened it, I had a couple thoughts go through my, mo- <clears throat> my mind. I said, what in the world did I do wrong now? <laughs> he just asked me if I would share the con- to the congregation what brought Joan and I to Crossroads ba- <clears throat> excuse me, Baptist Church. After a lot of thought, I came up with just two things. First off, We were living in Traveler's Rest and attending a church up there. We moved here not too long ago, and we still were going to Traveler's Rest to go to church for about a year and a half. It was the beginning of a difficult driving 40 minutes every time we wanted to go to church. It cut down on being able to be active in the church, and that is what Joan and I have done for all our lives. We now live at 709 Circle Road, about two minutes away. What a difference. The second thing was that Joni babysits our two grandchildren five days a week. Our son Josh is a police officer in Simpsonville, and our daughter-in-law Dina is a speech-language pathologist here at Pelham Medical Center. They have very strenuous jobs, so we have always felt led to make sure that our son and now our grandchildren grow up knowing about Jesus. We were just obeying what God has instructed us to do. One day, Joan and Dina found out that Crossroads has a preschool program. What an answer to prayer. Our little granddaughter, Henley, is three years old. She loves to come to preschool. We are watching how she is growing and learning all about Jesus. It warms our hearts. Soon, our grandson, Gage, who is eight months old, will also be attending preschool. Thank you, ladies, for such love that you give to our kids. Preschool in the preschool program. This gives Joni a little bit of a break after taking care of the children every day. In closing, I would like to thank everyone who who we have met so far for accepting us and making us feel so welcome here in God's church at Crossroads. We are looking forward to using our gifts and talents from God 
people in this church. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Bill. It's one of the many great families God is sending us here. So the second thing I wanted to share with you this morning uh, that is a goal for us and a vision for us for this new year is to continue to focus on our small group and our Sunday school uh, community. Uh, church family, that is the primary discipleship pathway for our church. As much as I love preaching, and next week we're going to jump into a new book of the Bible in the book of Jonah. I cannot wait. I've already actually studied it uh, over the last few weeks, simultaneous to studying John, because we've shot all the videos for our uh, online service all the way up through uh, Easter. So I'm excited about what's coming. And as much as I love that, that is not going to allow you or I interaction and to pray for one another and to find out what's going on with each other in our lives and to encourage each other like Sunday school and small groups. So you're going to continue to hear me as long as God has me as one of your pastors here to say that over and over and over again. That is where we really grow. That's where you run into people who might not agree with you and who challenge what you think and who sharpen you and who help you and ask you questions and make you look at things with a different perspective. So I want to encourage you to get plugged into uh, our small group. Our goal is that we're going to continue to grow and to launch uh, new groups. Next Sunday, we'll be launching another uh, small group. And so if you're looking for a place to get plugged in to one of those, I want to encourage you to do that. Now, the reality is, by the way, if you're a small group or Sunday school teacher, will you please stand? Will you please stand? If you're a small group or Sunday school teacher, wow, can we give them a big hand? Thank you guys so very, very much. I want you to know as a church family, and they already know, hopefully, uh, they study probably as much or maybe even more than your pastor, whoever's preaching, Heath or I on Sunday morning. They study just as much and take just as much preparation to share with their small group or their Sunday school class on Sunday. And so if you're in one of those groups, I hope that you are thankful and you appreciate them because they are the teachers and leaders and spiritual uh, disciplers of our church. One person can't do it. And we're going to be needing more and more small groups. So one of the ways that we're thinking about doing that because of our space, right now we have one uh, room on our Sunday school hall, what I call our Sunday school hall that is open. We have a couple of children's rooms that I know they're difficult for some of us to get to because of our steps and those kinds of things. So I want you to know uh, your church leadership and the staff are trying to think through some of these issues before they get bigger and bigger. And not, as they say, kick the can down the road, as my grandfather used to say. We're trying to think of how do we deal with these things now before they become issues. So one of our solutions is uh, beginning, uh, if needed, uh, on March the 5th. March the 5th, we will be starting what we'll call an early bird uh, Sunday school or small group. And if you're interested in uh, either attending that class or classes or maybe even teaching it, then if you would let us know, that would be great. That means we can use some of these rooms that some of our wonderful folks are already using and they can do double duty. And uh, church family, as you know, most of the rooms in this church are doing double duty and triple duty. And praise God for that. Praise God for that. That means we're being wonderful stewards uh, of what God is doing. Uh, not only in our small group and Sunday school things are things growing, but obviously even you saw this morning our worship ministry is growing. And uh, Joey has a video he wants to share to tell you a little bit about what God is doing in the worship ministry of our church. So watch this if you would. I'm excited about what God is going to do in this year, 2023. I think about family, and I think over the past year, how my personal family has experienced so many changes, but so has our church family. I sit here purposely in my family room where there's pictures of Tyler, Brittany and Cooper, and me and Lisa. Family means the world to me, but not only my blood family, but my spiritual family means the world to us. For we don't know where we would be without all of you. 
for God has truly been good as he has blessed so much. As I think about family, I think how small groups or Sunday school classes, they mimic what a family unit is all about. For you see, in Sunday school or a small group, we tend to love each other. We tend to get to know one another more than just on a surface level. We get to hear what's going on in our lives or what we're facing. We laugh together, we cry together, and we pray over each other and pray for each other. Oh, if you're not involved in a Sunday school or in a small group as we have those times, please, please get involved. Worship is another element that God is working through. How exciting it was that through our holiday season, we had the children and the students and all of our ages involved in so many different facets of worship. My goal for this year is to continue that. And we continue having all ages being a part of what we do on Sunday mornings in our worship service. Our choir is growing and it sounds so great. If, if you are searching for a place to be a part, come to the choir. We're more than just a group that sings. We're a family unit that laughs and cuts up and we worship and praise the Lord together. Oh, be a part of the choir. If you play an instrument, I would love to talk with you about how we can use you in playing an instrument to glorify God of what he's given you. I think about these two things, small groups and Sunday schools, and then our worship are two elements that make up many things of who we are as Crossroads Baptist Church. These two elements help us to understand who we are and then how we can serve better, serve in our community, serve in our family, serve in our church. It also encourages us and helps us to understand how we can be a shelter for those that are in need or those that need a shoulder or an ear to listen. Oh, and then there's the great third one. We not only are called to serve and shelter, but we're also called to support and be a part of our community, our church, and supporting one another. It could be prayer. Never think that you're too old to do anything. You can always pray and be a part of what God is doing. I'm extremely excited about Stephen Schubert. He is our new ministry intern at Crossroads Baptist Church. He's gonna come up and he's gonna share about what God is doing in his life. Oh, I ask you, as we have in many interns before him, I ask that you pray for him, that you encourage him, and that you help him. For we are a part of helping families, helping students, helping interns find their place in this world. Oh, Crossroads Baptist Church, oh, how I'm excited to be a part of what God has done and what he's doing. For with God, all things are possible. Let's hold on. I think he has great things in store for us. Well, Well, good morning, everybody. As Pastor Joey said, my name is Stephen Schubert. I'm 21 years old, and I'm a senior music worship studies at North Greenville University. And I just wanted to say I'm, I'm very excited about this opportunity because ever since I came and ever since I started talking with Pastor Joey, Pastor Jack, 
Pastor Heath about everything in the future. I mean, every time I came, everybody was so welcoming. And every time I come, the number one thing is just excitement and just uh, willingness to do ministry and just the obvious love for it. And I'm excited for that. And I'm excited to see, like, how I can grow ministry rise, how to do better at it, how to... Um, how to do things better that I'm not good at right now, maybe going to visit people, maybe going to lead on stage better. I just want to see that, and I want to grow in that, and I'm thankful that I had the opportunity to come here and see that. So thank you all. Amen. We are excited. I can't help but think about uh, what this church family did by pouring into a guy named Corey for almost two years. Little did we know he would be serving and now pouring into a church in Mayo uh, with Joey's son, Tyler. So praise the Lord, we've got another opportunity to pour into somebody else and multiply, spread our DNA, the Crossroads DNA across the globe. So praise the Lord for that. And uh, he will be participating, Stephen Will, in helping us in worship, not only with the students, but here uh, with us as a church family. And I'm, uh, I'm excited about that. Uh, so much as well. I, I mentioned I'll be starting to go through Jonah uh, next week and then Lord willing Hebrews this summer. And so uh, we're excited about those opportunities as our worship ministry continues to grow. Now I mentioned um, the numbers of people that if they all showed up, uh, we would be we would be in trouble for space. So some of our folks who were forward thinking in this church and I'm grateful for you, have said, so what happens when that happens? Great question. What happens when that happens? We better start thinking about that and have a plan. So we, uh, we have a plan. And that plan will be we will be uh, preparing uh, in the future over the next few weeks. Uh, not going to start it in the next couple of weeks, but preparing uh, for uh, two worship services, identical worship services. Um, and uh, that means, by the way, uh, we're going to need more media team members, more choir members, more musicians, uh, more greeters. Uh, if you are sitting on the sidelines, dear friend, we need you. God needs you. There's no room for people on the bench. Doesn't matter what football team you play for or you like. We got we, Even if you're fourth or fifth string like me, we, you're needed. You're needed. So find your spot in the life of our church. And so to make space for that worship uh, opportunity... Uh, we are going to begin immediately uh, upgrade, upgrading our chapel. That chapel has significant importance in the life of our church, historical importance in the life of our church. Many of you gave your life to Christ in that uh, room that is a hallowed room. Uh, we need to take care of it. I don't know if you've been up there lately, but it needs a lot of work. There's spackling coming off. There is painting in the ceiling that needs to be done. There's carpet that's buckling. That, that should not be the case. So I want you to know we're going to immediately over the next few weeks start to upgrade that space. We're going to uh, remove the uh, pews that are up there and get cushioned chairs like you're used to now uh, down here uh, that are comfortable and be able to move to be able to facilitate all kinds of activities in that room. Of course, funerals and weddings uh, and worship space and our um, uh, Vacation Bible School may even meet up there this summer. Kayla's been thinking and praying and talking about that. Our Wednesday prayer group would begin to meet up there. Uh, if we have small gatherings like a smaller men's conference, I'm hoping we're going to have 200 plus for this year's men's conference. But if we had an event at our church where we had a smaller group, we want that space to be uh, usable. And our weekday, for example, will be using that for their Wednesday morning chapel service. Uh, instead of having to heat this huge big space down here or cool it, uh, depending on what time of year it is. So uh, that would be a great thing to do to be good stewards of that space that has been so uh, well used uh, over the years. One of the things it's used for right now is our student worship on Wednesday. And uh, uh, and of course, any funerals and weddings. And so we're going to just continue to use that space, but use it even more. And I mentioned our students who use it on Wednesday. They're going to actually come up and get ready right now because they lead worship up there every Wednesday. And as our student ministry grows and our children's ministry grows and our uh, congregation keeps having babies and our nursery grows, that means we're going to need nursery workers and children's workers and student workers. And I will tell you, these guys behind me 
Uh, I love them because they have a passion for the Lord, and uh, they're going to lead us in a song of worship this morning. So if you feel led to stand and sing, I hope you will, uh, because this is the not the next generation, but the current generation that is a part of our church, because we are, and I love this, a multi-generational church. Every age important from five to 105. Anybody 105? Okay, nobody that will admit it. But everybody's important in the life of our church. So you guys lead us if you would. Thank you. was a great year for our student ministry at Crossroads. We saw God do some great and awesome things in the lives of our students, our families, our leaders, and we're looking forward to even greater things in 2023. Here are some of the things we're praying for. We're praying to see our students take that next step in their faith. For some, it'll be believer's baptism. For others, it'll be getting involved in an accountability group with some other students. For some, they'll be a part of a mentoring relationship between themselves and another adult in our church. We're also praying that we see uh, students come to faith in Jesus Christ that don't have that personal relationship with Jesus right now. Another thing we're praying for is to see our students continue to pray for, care for, and share the gospel with their friends and their classmates and teachers and even their families in 2023. We're praying for our student praise band to continue to grow not only in their gifts and talents but their opportunities uh, to lead on Wednesday night and on Sunday mornings uh, during the worship service whether that be special music during the offertory or leading a whole worship service praying maybe even preaching we're praying that God would just open up doors of opportunities and that they would uh, just follow God's lead there. We're also praying to see more students just continue to lead and be a part of helping serve in our Vacation Bible School, our weekday preschool summer camp, as well as uh, our regular Sunday morning children's ministry program. We're excited about what God's done in 2022, and we're looking forward to God doing even greater things in 2023. Amen. So as you can see, there's a lot going on in the life of our church, and uh, we want to continue to say yes to what the Lord wants us to do, and I hope that that is your prayer. I, I, I want to be honest with you uh, before Connie sings our, our song here she's going to lead us in. A, a lot of, I'm just going to be honest, a lot of what we shared this morning, it's important and it is things that will help us get to the future. But I was sharing with the staff, I really struggled because these are important things, but there's so much more vision that God has for our church. Say, Pastor, how do you know that? I know that when some of you come up to me and say, why don't we consider doing this as a church? That God is stirring in your heart certain things he wants us to do that we haven't even talked about yet as a congregation and our future our phase one with our parking and our uh, eventually our building out here which we hope will happen in the next two three years at the most uh, by the way pray for that meeting wednesday i was telling ronnie i will have uh i'll have pound cake some of joey's pound cake i'm gonna have refreshments i'm gonna have everything i'm gonna wine and dine these construction workers and say we're ready to sell some dirt who wants it who wants because church I, I hope you understand that would be a miracle we're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars of savings i don't know why that surprises me because god is a miracle working god so be praying for that if you will uh, on wednesday but there's some other visionary things i think about 
And as your pastor, I want to take a little personal privilege and share two or three of them with you this morning to get your mind spinning before Connie shares with us. Here's the first one. I have a vision for more of our congregation serving. Some of our folks are worn out. One of the things this great software that we have will do is it will show as we begin to use it, and it's going to take several months to learn it, it will show. You can click on one person and show all the teams they're on. And when you click on it and you see one person trying to do ten things to serve us as a church family, that says to me, we need some help. So my prayer, one of my prayers the vision things I'd like to see come to pass is more of our congregation serving. The second thing I'd love to see is at least 20% of our congregation in 2023 participating in missions. That's either here at home, here in Greenville, Greer, Simpsonville, our area, our West Virginia trip that some of you have signed up for, international trip. I promise you, I can give you a 100% money-back guarantee from God's Word. You get participating in missions. God will change your heart. You will see the world totally differently, and you will see yourself differently. And you will start to realize, as I have, that the world does not revolve around Jack Eason. The world revolves or should revolve around Jesus Christ. So I want to encourage you, that's my prayer over the next year, that 20% of our people, so if you take 300 and you do 20% of that, that's 60 people in our church participating this year in missions. Some of you, when I said that just now, God pricked your heart and said, you need to sign up to do something mission related. You need to do it today, because if you leave the service, the devil will get in your mind in the parking lot before you drive out of the parking lot. He will change your mind and tell you something else is more important. So if you just felt that Holy Spirit... Speak to your heart. I hope that you'll grab somebody, sign up for West Virginia. That list is in the back. Say, hey, I want to get out of the country and go somewhere. Let's take a trip. Doesn't have to be to the Dominican Republic. Doesn't have to be to Malawi, Africa. Some of you in here, God's put a country on your heart, and he's waiting on you to lead the trip from this church. You're going, wow, is that me? I'm supposed to be going to Madagascar or China or India? Yeah, could be. Could be. So that's my prayer. Here's another one. I know this is a lofty one. By the way, everything that we've shared this morning, and I'm wrapping up, I promise. Everything that we've shared this morning, outside of the Holy Spirit of God doing it, it will not happen. So these are not, as Ronnie so beautifully said, man's plans that we're just kind of saying, here you go, Lord, will you bless this? I've tried that in my life. It doesn't work. I like it when God hands me his plan and goes, it's already blessed. Why don't you just do that? And that's what I believe God has revealed to us over the last few months and uh, over the last over a year with what we're doing with our building campaign. So here's a couple more real quick. 100% of our church giving. I do not know, and I do not want to know, who in this church gives and who doesn't give. But I know enough to know this. If 100% of our church was giving just a tithe, just 10%, which I believe is what the Bible teaches, if you want to sit down and talk about it, actually, I believe that's a minimum. I believe when God gets a hold of your heart, 10% will be like, I'm not giving 10 Hello? God, I'm giving you more than 10%. Why would I give you a measly? But we have to start somewhere. Lynette and I started very small, and we've tried to keep increasing it. By the way, everything I'm sharing with you is not just for you, it's for me too. But if 100% of our church was giving, our budget would be like in the millions. We could be doing a lot of things. We could be starting a Christian school. We could put a transitional house on the property across the street from the church for people who are struggling to get up on their feet. We could start a women's ministry to reach unwed moms. We could, the list goes on and on if, if we had the money, because it takes money to do ministry. Here's the last thing that is my prayer for this year, that 30 people, 30 people, that's small, would come to faith in Jesus Christ. As we started thinking about this and praying about this as a staff over the last few weeks, I got heavily, heavily convicted this week. Because all these goals and all these visionary things are great, but... Hear me, church, and I want you to hold us accountable. I want you to hold me accountable. If people are not coming 
to know Jesus Christ, what are we doing? If at the end of the year we have spent in our church budget five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars, if three, four years from now we've spent five million dollars and there's a building out there for children and nobody has come to know Jesus Christ, we need to check something out because something's wrong. Now I'm saying that to me. That means I gotta be a little more outspoken, I gotta be a little more intentional at the coffee shops, I gotta speak a little bit more, but I'm also saying it to you every person in here who says they're a believer or a child of God, you are a missionary, you are a witness. We all do it differently. We all do it with our own personality. We all do it in our own unique God-given way. But if each of our Sunday school classes, if each of our small groups this year intentionally reached out and led two people to Jesus, we would meet 30 people coming to know Jesus this year. Two people per class coming to know Christ. It doesn't mean you have to invite them to church and they have to accept Jesus in here. By the way, people can get saved outside of this room. You do know that. Befriend somebody. Take them to a coffee shop. Invite them to your house for dinner. Get to know people. That's my prayer. And if, if some of you take this to heart and you start doing it and somebody comes to know Jesus, I want you to come tell us because I want us to keep track of this. We are guilty in church life. I have been guilty over the last three plus years of being your pastor. We can get so easily going through the motions of doing church stuff that we aren't measuring what we're doing. Some of us, many of us in this room are sacrificially giving. I know that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We would not be at the numbers, the historical numbers that we are with our giving if many of you weren't doing that. Many of us are sacrificially giving to go where God wants us to go. What a shame, what a tragedy it would be to do that and get to the end of two, three, four, five years and look back and go, well, that was fun, but nobody came to know Jesus. The Lord's convicted me about that this week. So the question is, do we believe God can do it or not? Because Satan is great at sowing doubt. And that's the easiest way he gets us distracted, discouraged, defeated, and we just go, it's not worth it. As he starts to make us think he can't do it, God can't do it. And I believe God can. I hope you do. Would you pray with me? Lord, we love you. We need you. God, we need your vision. For if you leave it to us, we will waste time, money, energy, and we do not want to do that because everything that you have given us belongs to you and we want to be good stewards of it. Our friend Connie is going to lead us in a song in just a moment. And as she sings, I'm going to ask you to prayerfully consider the lyrics of the song that she's going to sing. Maybe your prayer, like mine, so many times over my Christian journey has been, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Because church family, we need a united army as a congregation to do what God's called us to do. It is a super, huge, God-sized task. So I pray you'll listen close to the words of this song, and I pray that it will be the prayer of your heart. As Connie comes to lead us this morning. Sing with me. You're welcome to sing. They say this mountain can't be. You remain standing this morning. We're going to have a hymn of invitation. And uh, it's a familiar one that you know. If you're visiting with us this morning and you're ready to put your roots here, let me just say, I can't think of a better church to put your roots down in. We'd love to invite you this morning. And we're going to sing a couple of stanzas. And the first stanza is for those of you who are visiting or maybe you've got a prayer need or maybe you need to give your life to Jesus this morning. 
the second stanza, what I'm going to ask church family, if you are believing for it and you're ready to trust and obey God for it, then I'm going to ask you at the second stanza, we're going to come down and we're going to have a time of prayer to commit this year and ourselves to Jesus. So let's sing together as our friend Joey leads us this morning. We hope you've been challenged and inspired from today's message. You can find out more about the message you have heard today by visiting our website, hope at crossroads.org. If you live in the upstate South Carolina area and you're looking for a church home, we hope you'll come by and visit sometime. Details about our church and service times can also be found online. In addition, we want to invite you to check out some of the great items at our website that will help you, or you can give as a gift to a friend. Devotionals and other resources are all available at hope at crossroads.org. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you will tune in again next week.